You're listening to Purpose Inspired, a podcast series by myself, Wayne Visser. This season is based on a book called The Age of Responsibility, CSR 2.0 and the New DNA of Business. The Principles of CSR 2.0 Initial responses to my framing of CSR 2.0 were largely positive and confirmed that I was onto something, perhaps a new language or conceptualization of responsibility, or at the very least a nexus for talking about the radical changes needed in CSR. However, I felt it needed an institutional vehicle if it was going to have any chance of success, and so CSR International was born, with the express mission to be an incubator for CSR 2.0. The think tank was launched in March 2009 in London, complete with the ritualistic burial of the old CSR and its rebirth as CSR 2.0. It quickly became clear, however, that a metaphor can only take you so far. What was needed was a set of principles against which we could test CSR. These went through a few iterations, but I eventually settled on five, which form a kind of mnemonic for CSR 2.0. Creativity, C. Scalability, S. Responsiveness, R. Glocality, 2. And circularity, 0. These principles, which will be explored in detail in the next chapters, can be described briefly as follows. Creativity. The problem with our current obsession with codes and standards, including the new ISO 26000 standard, is that it encourages a tick-box approach to CSR. But our social and environmental problems are complex and intractable. They need creative solutions, like Freeplay's wind-up technology or Vodafone's M-Pesa money transfer scheme. Scalability The CSR literature is sprinkled liberally with charming case studies of truly responsible and sustainable projects. The problem is that so few of them ever go to scale. We need more examples like Walmart's choice editing by converting to organic cotton, or Tata creating the affordable eco-efficient nano car, or Mohammed Yunus's Grameen Bank microfinance model. Responsiveness More cross-sector partnerships and stakeholder-driven approaches are needed at every level, as well as more uncomfortable, transformative responsiveness, which questions whether particular industries or the business model itself are part of the solution or part of the problem. A good example of responsiveness is the Corporate Leaders Group on Climate Change. Glocality. This means think global, act local. In a complex, interconnected, globalizing world, companies and their critics will have to become far more sophisticated in combining international norms with local contexts by finding local solutions that are culturally appropriate without forsaking universal principles. We are moving from an either-or, one-size-fits-all world to a both-and, strength-in-diversity world. Circularity Our global economic and commercial system is based on a fundamentally flawed design, which acts as if there are no limits on resource consumption or waste disposal. Instead, we need cradle-to-cradle approaches, closing the loop on production and designing products and processes to be inherently good rather than less bad, as Shaw Carpets does. 
shifting from CSR 1.0 to CSR 2.0. These principles are the acid test for future CSR practices. If they are applied, what kinds of shifts will we see? In my view, the shifts will happen at two levels. At a meta level, there will be a change in CSR's ontological assumptions or the ways of seeing the world. At a micro level, there will be a change in CSR's methodological practices or ways of being in the world. The meta-level changes can be described as follows. Paternalistic relationships between companies and the community, based on philanthropy, will give way to more equal partnerships. Defensive, minimalist approaches to social and environmental issues will be replaced by proactive strategies and investment in growing responsibility markets, such as clean technology. Reputation-conscious public relations approaches to CSR will no longer be credible, and so companies will be judged on actual social, environmental and ethical performance. In other words, are things getting better on the ground in absolute cumulative terms? Although CSR specialists still have a role to play, each dimension of CSR 2.0 performance will be embedded and integrated into the core operations of companies. Standardized approaches will remain useful as guides to consensus, but CSR will find diversified expression and implementation at very local levels. CSR solutions, including responsible products and services, will go from niche nice-to-haves to mass-market must-haves. And the whole concept of CSR will give way to a more culturally diverse and internationally applied concept. How might these shifting principles manifest as CSR practices? Supporting these meta-level changes, the anticipated micro-level changes can be described as follows. CSR will no longer manifest as luxury products and services, as with the current green and fair trade options, but rather as affordable solutions for those who most need quality of life improvements. Investment in self-sustaining social enterprises will be favoured over checkbook charity. CSR indexes, which rank the same large companies over and over, often revealing contradictions between indexes, will make way for CSR rating systems, which turn social, environmental, ethical and economic performance into corporate scores, such as A+, B-, not dissimilar to the credit rating system. And so analysts and others will be able to usefully employ these in their decision-making. Reliance on CSR departments will disappear or disperse as performance across responsibility and sustainability dimensions are built increasingly into corporate performance appraisal and market incentive systems. Self-selecting ethical consumers will become irrelevant as CSR 2.0 companies begin to choice edit. In other words, cease offering implicitly less ethical products and services and start allowing guilt-free shopping. Post-use liability for products will become obsolete as the service lease and take-back economy goes mainstream. Annual CSR reporting will be replaced by online, real-time CSR performance data flows. Feeding into these live communications will be Web 2.0 connected social networks that allow crowdsourcing instead of periodic meetings with rather cumbersome stakeholder panels. 
and the typical CSR 1.0 management system standards like ISO 14001 will be less credible than new performance standards, such as those emerging in climate change, that set absolute limits and thresholds. The DNA model of CSR 2.0 Pulling it all together, I believe that CSR 2.0, or systemic CSR, you could even call it radical or holistic CSR, represents a new model. In one sense, it is not so different from other models we have seen before. We can recognize echoes of Archie Carroll's CSR pyramid, Ed Freeman's stakeholder theory, Donna Wood's corporate social performance, John Elkington's triple bottom line, Stuart Hart and C.K. Prahalad's bottom of the pyramid, and even Michael Porter's strategic CSR and the ESG approach of socially responsible investment. But that is really the point. It integrates what we have learned to date. It presents a holistic model of CSR. The essence of the CSR 2.0 DNA model are the four DNA responsibility bases, which are like the four nitrogenous bases of biological DNA, sometimes abbreviated to the four letters GCTA, which was also the inspiration for the 1997 science fiction film Gattaca. In the case of CSR 2.0, the DNA responsibility bases are value creation, good governance, societal contribution, and environmental integrity. Each DNA base has a primary goal, and each goal has key indicators, which begin to show the qualitative and quantitative differences between other models of CSR and the CSR 2.0 DNA model. Hence, if we look at value creation, it is clear we are talking about more than financial profitability. The goal is economic development, which means not only contributing to the enrichment of shareholders and executives, but also improving the economic context in which a company operates, including investing in infrastructure, creating jobs, providing skills development, and so on. There can be any number of KPIs, but I want to highlight two that I believe are essential, beneficial products and inclusive business. Do the company's products and services really improve our quality of life, or do they cause harm or add to the low-quality junk of what Charles Handy calls the Shindogu Society? And how are the economic benefits shared? Does wealth trickle up or down? Are employees, SMEs in the supply chain, and poor communities genuinely empowered? Good governance is another area that is not new, but in my view has failed to be recognized or integrated properly in CSR practices. The goal of institutional effectiveness is as important as more lofty social and environmental ideals. After all, if the institution fails or is not transparent and fair, this undermines everything else that CSR is trying to accomplish. Trends in reporting, but also other forms of transparency like social media and brand or product-linked public databases of CSR performance, will be increasingly important indicators of success, alongside embedding ethical conduct in the culture of companies. Tools like Good Guides Product Rating, Open Eyes Sustainability Expert Exchange Platform, and Coverless's Ethical Quote Ranking System will become more prevalent. 
Societal contribution is an area that CSR is traditionally more used to addressing, with its goal of stakeholder orientation. This gives philanthropy its rightful place in CSR as one tile in a larger mosaic, while also providing a spotlight for the importance of fair labour practices. It is simply unacceptable that there are more people in slavery today than there were before it was officially abolished in the 1800s. Just as regular exposures of high brand companies for the use of child labor are despicable. This area of stakeholder engagement, community participation, and supply chain integrity becomes one of the most vexing and critical elements of CSR. Finally, environmental integrity sets the bar way higher than minimizing damage and rather aims at maintaining and improving ecosystem sustainability. The KPIs give some sense of the ambition required here 100% renewable energy and zero waste. We cannot continue the same practices that have, according to WWF's Living Planet Index, caused a loss of a third of the biodiversity on the planet since 1970. Nor can we continue to gamble with the prospect of dangerous and perhaps catastrophic or irreversible climate change. CSR 2.0, standing for Corporate Sustainability and Responsibility, also proposes a new interpretation for these terms. Like two intertwined strands of DNA, sustainability and responsibility can be thought of as different yet complementary elements of CSR. Hence, sustainability can be conceived as the destination, the challenges, vision, strategy and goals. In other words, what we are aiming for. While responsibility is more about the journey, our solutions, responses, management and actions. In other words, how we get there. The next part of the book explores the five principles of CSR 2.0 and will look at some of the pioneers that are beginning to show us the way to integrate these two strands through their sustainable visions and responsible actions.